the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. This fan fest, as much as I hate to admit it, in this game, isn't gonna last. Right. Especially being an MMO, by nature it isn't going to be this game. As much as I'd like it to, it won't. So, 10, 20, 15 years from now, I won't be going this good Inconceivable! If if you if you're not watching the video, Kyle, describe what it looks like. Oh, that's right. This is also an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what a podcast is like. When I get, when I get to him, I'll describe how adorable he is. Oh, yeah. Wait for that. Looks like a fish in a bunny. <laughs> all right. So what do you have for us today? <laughs> yeah, as we admire my plight. Okay. <laughs> we're just all looking at everybody else. Oh, time. right. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> he's he's quite the uh, very adorable. So yes, uh, today's uh, topic of discussion for me is us talking about kind of meta-commentary on conventions themselves. We touched upon this earlier about the difference between, say, an anime con and a gaming con. Yeah. But of the two we compared, both of those, one would say, is a pretty large con, specifically citing Anime Boston or the Katsu Cons mm-hmm. versus the PAX East or any of the PAXs or even Rooster Teeth, uh, RTX, I yeah. would say. But today, we're going to deep dive more into that where we're going to compare the large cons to that of the more niche cons. And by niche, I mean cons that are very much focused on one particular thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll be citing my experiences going to the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest in North America, which was held last November in Las Vegas. So, yeah, I guess to really open it to you guys, you know, before I talk for like half the time, <laughs> um, I, I want to ask, like, by me saying the word niche con... Mm-hmm. Um, and let's assume you know what the word niche means. For those who don't, um, niche is something that's just really more focused and specific. Mm. So for you guys, have you been to a niche con or is this something you want to go to? I think something that comes close, however, it's leaving the niche category uh, is RTX. Sure. Being Rooster Teeth Convention because it's only their content, you know, and they started out just making a couple things when they got started. You know, they, they're known for Red versus Blue and Ruby and now Genlock. But, like, they started in 2011. And when they started in 2011, literally it was, like, the equivalent of a festival. Like, it wasn't, like, a convention. They had it in a field. like, And they had, like, a few hundred people. Um, and now, they, uh, which is hosted in Austin, um, they take the convention center and, like, the whole thing. They worked on from like moving to the convention center to taking like uh, like from one of the big rooms into having multiple rooms and now just the entire convention center. I went for the first time last year and it was a really, really cool experience. And I feel like even though it is becoming less 
niche, I still think that it had a lot of the benefits of what a niche con has. Um, mostly by the fact that, like, I think a good example is when I showed up in Austin and the airport, I saw people with Rooster Teeth merch who was coming in. And I'm like, obviously, they're here for RTX. And without even thinking, I went up to them and said, hi, like, you guys for RTX? And they're like, yeah. So we're just bouncing off each other, getting hyped. And it's easy to do that because because it's more focused. We, we knew exactly what we're here for. Yeah, and that's, and go, that's going more the lines of the benefits of being a, a niche con. But to go along with that, like, uh, RTX, Rooster Teeth itself has now grown to be a large company. Yeah. So would you also consider BlizzCon a niche con? Yeah, see, that's a good question. Um, I think that it's weird because it's got such a large large audience, but it's got that focal point of it. Because, I mean, Blizzard, even though it's really big, only has a few games, really. Um, a few main games. You've got... Um, I'm trying not to get it confused with Riot, because sometimes I get their games confused. Sure. Um, but they have... Um, Starcraft, Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo. Yeah, okay. I, I keep wanting to throw uh, League in there, but that's Riot's. Yeah. Um, those four games alone is like the majority of their their content. Yep. Um, and yeah, so it's... If you... When you bring up BlizzCon, definitely I would say... I wouldn't call BlizzCon and NicheCon. And so therefore, t in today's world, I would also not call RTX NicheCon. Sure. I think it started out with NicheCon roots. But I definitely don't think that it can no. I, I don't think it can fit in that category That's anymore. No, yeah. no, yeah, we'll talk about that a bit. But Alex, I want to hear your thoughts too. Um, for niche cons, I can't say that I've gone to anything uh, that resembles it too much. The thing that I can only think of right now is a cosplay and photography expo. Mm, yeah, sure. Because Absolutely. it's it's pretty much mostly focused on cosplay and photography. It's not like oh, there's like a huge exhibit hall, there's a lot of gaming or anything like that. There's not like a lot of celebrity guests, that sort of thing. It's solely based on cosplay, how to make it, how to uh, find different ways of doing it, and the photography aspect as well. Sure. Um, so there's panels for that. There's there's venues, but it's mostly cosplay venues, I'd say. Not a lot of like, um, I mean, it's a smaller concert. It's not a lot of stuff in general, but they don't have like, artist alley or dealer's room or like a gaming room or or uh, stuff like that basically so that's the only thing that i can think of that comes close to that's actually a good example i would say yeah yeah it's the only thing i can come up with uh on the spot I mean, oh I, that's complete actually i'm actually glad you brought those two because they're both things i want to talk about next and okay. uh gilman do you have anything to say no Okay. <laughs> Still right, looking so, cute. All right. Yeah, no, that's, that's his one job. No, okay. So, cute and cuddly. Yep. I wish that was my job. So, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you both, both of you brought, sorry, Will brought up RTX, which is large um, in terms of volume, space taken, and people that attend. Mm -hmm. Same thing with BlizzCon. But, uh, Alex, you brought up um, Cape which, for all intents and purposes, is a small con in terms of the v things I just yeah. said. There's yeah. not many people go to it. Uh, it's not in a huge venue, um, and they don't have the things that, say, RTX does, like a gaming room or so on and so yeah. forth. But I would actually personally consider both of those niche cons. So this I don't want to get to the to philosophy and the Webster Dictionary world <laughs> of the word niche, but for me, personally, a niche con is something that is super focused in its content. So for RTX, it is anything and everything related to Rooster Teeth. For uh, Cape, it's anything and everything related to cosplay and photography. And... Each of those conventions has either guests 
or panels or events that are related to those very specific things, mm -hmm. as opposed to say the bigger cons where they have kind of a mixed bag of everything. Mm. I mean it's that a, in a good way. It's like a party pleaser. Yeah, very much jack of all trades, but master of none are the bigger cons. So mm. the Katsukons and Anime Bostons have the cosplay things. They have those things that talk about either anime or video games, but doesn't really deep dive as much as say the niche cons do. And I really wanted to specifically talk about the uh, Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest. It's a lot yeah. of stuff. And for the sake of continuing, because I want to you know, not drink all my water, I'm just going to call it Fan Fest. It is, it is a convention specifically for Final Fantasy, even more specifically, Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. So that is the um, MMO of the Final Fantasies. Of the 15 that are currently here, two of them are MMOs. And the one that we went to is specifically for 14. That's pretty specific. Yes. <laughs> so It's very specific. Yes. And like, it's crazy because it's similar to that of Cape where it's, yes, it focuses on the one thing. But the fan fest I'm going to and what's going to happen in Japan, or sorry, Tokyo, um, is going to have upwards to 20,000 people. Wow. For the one game. Mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of 20,000 people and just going to Overwatch. Yeah. That's equivalent oh. of 20 Ruby cosplayers. Sorry, 20,000 Ruby cosplayers. <laughs> wow. Just for Ruby. <laughs> just put things in perspective in both the niche specificity as well as the volume of number of people. So, yes, it has a large number of people, but I still call it niche because it is the one game. Hmm. And that's crazy Like you put, if you think about it that way. Now, um, the reason I brought uh, Gyoma here is because he is um, a race of beast people called the Namazu. And to describe him for those listening on, you know, just with your ears, he is basically a cute catfish in a Japanese uh, garb for festivals. And he is adorable AF. <laughs> he is my child. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess to really, uh, I don't want to like take most of the time describing what FanFest is, but for all intents and purposes, it is a giant convention held in Vegas once every two years. Wow. Yeah. So not only is it niche in terms of the subject matter, but very scarce in terms of um, how frequent this is held. And this is because um, because of its infrequency, it is able to do certain things, which I'm going to talk about. But is there anything you guys want to talk about? Like any questions about this certain fan well, fest? Well, think something that's interesting I find is that, you know, when I first think of niche cons, I was kind of putting niche cons with niche fandoms. But I don't think that that's that's the case. I think that you like you just said like that's a niche con, but it's of something that's very popular. But it's just that one thing of something that's very popular. Oh yeah, everyone knows what Final Fantasy is. Yeah, but not everyone plays Final Fantasy fourteen. Exactly, mm -hmm. and not everybody knows about the fact that there is a convention solely for that one game in a series. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's why I didn't go to Anime NYC is because I went to this this thing instead yeah. because I am super passionate about this. Which is funny that you mentioned that because they actually share about the same amount of attendees. Yep. So that's pretty crazy. You've got an anime con holding in the Javits in New York City, and you've got it's held in the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. Same size, one game, all of anime. <laughs> all same of size. anime. All of anime. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not leaving out any of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not one. All right, cool. So, um, again, I don't want to talk too much about FanFest, but I do want to highlight things that were there that made me fall in love with it. Yeah, no, go for it. Because I actually haven't heard much of your experience, so I'm like actually really interested 
to hear your experiences from. I was very hush hush about it because I wanted to save it. For this, <laughs> You've yeah. been saving it for the content. Yeah, basically. So, like with any other convention, either niche or big, um, it has panels, it has guests, it has events, it has games. But what's cool about FanFest is that these are tailored specifically for Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. And I guess to allow uh, me to elaborate. So you talked about your experience going to the airport and meeting fellow people in RTX garb and yeah. immediately knowing, hey, you go to RTX. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they know as much about a specific part of RTX than you. Let me put it this way. I only watch Ruby, really, nowadays for the RTX content. So if I go to RTX, I would only able to hold a conversation with other Ruby fans. True. But there are people who watch Ruby, who watch Genlock, who watch RVB, who just like listening to Barbara make puns. There are, <laughs> there, are, there are people that do do that, but I wouldn't be able to hold a meaningful conversation with them. Mm. FanFest, if I see someone wearing swag or cosplay or something, not only do I immediately know they'll play the same game, I immediately know they're, about, they're crazy about it as much as I am because it's only held once every two years. It's a con that, for many people, they had to enter a raffle to even get badges. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's how popular and how, like, hotcakes these badges were went. Uh, it's a miracle I got four. Um, but that's, the, that is, I'm not to take away that cool experience of being hyped for just seeing someone across a room, your eyes meet, and you instantly fall in love with them because you share that same exact passion about this one thing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's no, really that's cool. that's a really good feeling. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it honestly is. And again, it's I mean, call back to the whole, you know, cosplay. Sorry, um, fandom elitism. Where like, we're already a small community. You know, why do we need to cannibalize ourselves? Just love it for what it is. Yeah, we're all geeks here, right? Yeah. Something. Well, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, were you, sorry. Were you saying? I was gonna say geek kind. So yeah, we're all, all geeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I was gonna like kind of reminds me of how like sometimes I'll cosplay for something that's a bit more of a niche fandom. Like I think a good example is Makoto from K Project, which is like it's known, but not a lot of people actually watch slash or obsessed with it. Yeah. And when I cosplay that and go to like an anime con. I'm looking for, like, one or two, like, fan interactions. I'm not expecting to be stopped every five minutes. Like, I know that this is going to be unpopular, but having one or two of those interactions is amazing because I know how scarce it is. And so if I find someone who likes that one anime that's not in, like, the top 50 animes that people watch, it's it makes it, like, way more, like, valuable, you know, Absolutely. those experiences. And it makes you feel like... I don't know, like, one of those experiences is, like, just as powerful as, like, ten of something that I'm doing for something that's popular, yeah. you know? I'd say, like, something that's similar for me is that I don't like cosplaying characters that are, like, the, the like, the, you know, the one that everybody wants to cosplay, mm. if, if you will. Like, uh, like a, so, like, D.Va from Overwatch, everyone cosplays her. Or uh, Harley Quinn from Overwatch. Like, I'm not saying I'd cosplay them, Harley. but, like... It's a new DLC character. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, not, not Overwatch. Um, DC. It's yeah. like, Harley Quinn from Overwatch? What? Hey, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. He's spoiled the next DLC character, guys. A collaboration. My bad. Yeah. My bad. But, yeah, I like to do characters that aren't as well-known or just aren't cosplayed as much. So... Yeah, I guess like it's not. I don't want to be the the most popular character. I want to be yeah. one that's a little not as as much done, which makes it feel a little more special, I guess. But they, that that 
the fact that you do that though makes the fan interaction of people who share the same passion that much worth it. Oh, yeah. definitely. I feel like oh, that's absolutely. why most of us cosplay because when you do meet that person to appreciate your cosplay, you know that like you understand the fandom on a deeper level, mm -hmm. and that's what FanFest was for three whole days. Sorry, two whole days. Bonus day for me because I, I needed to relax. But <laughs> uh, two whole days of just um, constant, just deep dive talks down this giant rabble of like this one game. And to transition that, I was, uh, Andrew and I, because we both intended, we're in yeah. cosplay. And the cosmic community for the Final Fantasy fourteen is probably, and I'm sorry, Ruby guys, fans, but like it trumps that fandom <laughs> in terms of cosmic community. Because not only is it super friendly, but it, I, the uh, quality of the costumes there were breathtaking. Mm. Over oh, like during the Twitch stream of that um, cosplay fashion show, I think they had over twenty thousand viewers just watching that cosplay fashion so, show. Like oh. the same amount of people were actually there at FanFest. Yes. Yeah. That's it was crazy. Some, some stupid large amount, and you know, um, I was humbled by the craftsmanship there. But you know what? Even amongst the presence of these godlike cosplayers, they still like noticed me. Senpai noticed me. And acknowledge me and welcome me in open arms, say, "Hey, we love your cosplay and stuff like that." I, I, I just just that that interaction between the cosplayers themselves was awesome. Mm -hmm. But to more transition to the panels themselves, um, the panels are also very specifically tailored to fan of the Final Fantasy fourteen as well. And not only were they specifically tailored, but they were led by the people who made the game. Really? Yes. Uh, and to cite an example, uh, Koji Fox, he's the primary translator and lore guy for the fan fest, Final Fantasy XIV. And in that very night, during a lore panel, they said, hey, what do you want to name this fish? Cool. Changed it in-game that night. So what a fan voted for, hey, can you call this fish the giant, goobly, monster-eating plant of doom? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Changed it that night, so that is now canon in the game. <laughs> That's so I like, awesome. <laughs> I like when the creator is also like a fan of their own work to the point that they, they want to delve into the lore. You know, like they're, they're creating the lore, but at the same time, they might have to keep up with like other stuff that people might add to it that might become official, might not. And and think about it this way, like you guys are huge fans of, uh, I guess the hot new thing is Genlock. What if you can just send a text to the director of Genlock, say, hey, can you make this character? And he just does that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool, right? Yeah, that'd be hella cool. <laughs> literally what FanFest was, where that, you know the the game, you know, Seven Layers of Kevin Bacon? There was only one layer of Kevin Bacon there. <laughs> it was just me and the creator of my favorite game, essentially, talking face-to-face. -face. I shook his hand, took a selfie with him. But, like, when the director of the game holds these conventions, now, this isn't, like, some fan thing. Mm -hmm. This is sponsored and created by Square Enix, the guys who make Final Fantasy. Right. Um, so... It's yes, it's technically industry, but they very much tailor it for the fans. And uh, even when you get there, there are set pieces that are to make it feel like this is a uh, Final Fantasy fourteen convention. There was a replica giant crystal. There was a replica, essentially um, Japanese tea house there to, for you to sit down and chill. Mm -hmm. There was um, giant, um, essentially carnival games that replicate the carnival in game called uh, the Gold Saucer, uh, it's a giant casino, essentially. But all of this had the giant, like, the magnitude of a big con, but for that one game. And that's what blew me away. This is the only niche con I've ever gone and plan on continuing going. 
and for the end of time <laughs> until the game is popular, which goes into my disadvantage. But that's what that's the leading question for later. But uh, I really want to hammer in that whole there are less layers of Kevin Bacon between you and the creator. Uh, the, I really do want to stress that because not only did I meet the director of the game and the lore guy, but I also met like uh, various uh, art directors. Um, the, a lot of the people, the fan creator, the fans were there too. People who are essentially like who's big in RTX, the Barbaras of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I met the fans who became that like the the main person who makes these guides on how to play the game was there. The main person who makes all these comedy videos for the game was there. So basically, everyone important surrounding the game was there. Yes, both the main people who make the game and the fans who were there. Yeah, that, that is a very like RTX type quality of like you go you go there for the community, but also knowing that you know for the people that you don't usually see, like who you only see on screen or behind the scenes, like you actually have the chance to either see them or maybe even talk with them, and that's a, like a, that's a really extra layer of like awesomeness of knowing that it's not just the content, it's also the creators are there and with you experiencing this event. And there's something about that that's really cool and special. Yep. Yeah, and like like you said, there's not really a separation between you and the creators of, uh, of the game, which is really cool because a lot of the time when you go to a con, you are going to be connecting mostly with the other people who love the game who aren't actually officially a part of it. They're just cosplaying or they're just fans of it. Yeah. But here, you're... You're literally being, you're in communication with the people who have created it, including the director, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Shouts to Yoshi P. He's the director of the 14 game. And it's crazy because when he went on stage for the keynote, uh, people were chanting his name like he was <laughs> God. Like, like they were screaming, Yoshi P, Yoshi P. And like he shows off, like, oh, he was in cosplay, by the way. He shows off cosplay. People yes. went wild. This guy is so cool. And, you know, you know, all my love for this one man. But, um, another cool fan interaction that I really, really want to talk about is the difference between meeting people, meeting up with people at FanFest and meeting up with people at, say, Anime Boston or Katsukon. So as we, uh, all cosplayers have Instagrams, it is super easy to share a photo of your cosplay, share them with other cosplayers, other, other people Instagrams, and just basically show your identity and who you are to other cosplayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you say, hey, Abe Katsukan, you can immediately recognize this. Hey, I recognize you in this cosplay because I saw pictures of it, mm-hmm. right? Well, FanFest, not quite the same. This is an MMO, meaning you take the identity of your avatar that you created. Uh, my avatar is named Material. When people ask, or when we talk on Discord, they don't call me Kyle, unless I tell them to. They call me Material, my avatar name. Mm. Yeah. So that is another layer of boundary for, um, for them knowing me. They don't know me as Kyle. They know me as Material, the femoral paladin. Um, and unless they are friend me on Facebook or I tell them my name, they, that's who they know me as. There are people uh, where that make groups to take down these giant bosses to talk on Discord, and they don't know what they look like. And they meet for the very first time at FanFest. That's really cool. <laughs> it's very cool. And that's just the thing. that The game created this barrier that's so easily overcome and other conventions mm-hmm. as cosplayers like sure my handle is koopa cow cosplay but you know what i look like you know what yeah. i wear because i post it online it's true you have you, even if you're like cosplays like change how you look you still have a, oh an idea yeah. of what this person like online you you have no clue yeah, yeah. and also it might be a little bit more difficult for people uh from this con to actually recognize you if you want instagram and cosplaying that character because 
if you're using hashtags, you might be using the hashtag for your own name that you created. Correct. But in, in, in FanFest, you only know what you look like in character. Mm-hmm. And I look nothing, first of all, my, I play a female character, so that's one. Uh, <laughs> oh, two, uh, she's a giant Amazonian, like, big, beefy, pink hair, gorgeous. I look nothing like that. I think you can pull it off. I, I mean, I, I try. <laughs> I definitely try every day, but I, I just don't as much as I try. Um, but, like, meeting... I, I mean, obviously me, I am super open book. All people there know me by my Facebook, know me by Instagram. But there are people who have never met before. And, like... Seeing this reunion, not even reunion, but like just this meeting of people who have never met before for the very first time in person, like all I heard was your voice and you swearing at the mic. But now I can put a, that voice to a face. <laughs> and that's just, I think it's, it's really adorable to me. It, it always like throws me off, I'd say, when, uh, when I, well, like if you're listening to a podcast or something, but you don't look into like what the people who are talking about, yeah. like what they look like actually. Like I, or if you're uh, listening to a voice actor in a movie or a video game, and you're just like, huh, I recognize the voice, and but you don't really have like a, you might have an idea of what they look like, but you might just be like, oh, it's just a voice, basically. And then you see a face, and you're like, this is kind of jarring. I'm like, oh, there, yeah. okay. There's yeah. someone out there right now who this is their first video podcast that they're watching, and they've only been listening to our voices, and they just now found out what we look like. I'm <laughs> sorry just like, to disappoint you. <laughs> Yeah. They only came to find out, like, they only clicked on the video Ugh. so they could find out what your plush looks like. Yeah. And they're like, oh, also, that's huh. what the people look like. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> yeah, sorry. Three ugly mooks in my uh, Unsubscribe. Yeah. Kyle is not an Amazonian woman with I'm not. Hair. I try. I'm I know not. the voice was yeah. very convincing. It would have fooled me online. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I just really wanted to stress that point no that's um, that's super cool and can be applied to so many things but like with that is again with the niche thing it really amplifies that kind of stuff you know absolutely and that focality is something that isn't without drawbacks uh before mm-hmm. i get to this anything else i want to talk about uh yeah no like uh the focality of it i mean it sounds great and obviously, I'm a huge fanboy and obviously very biased, but I'm not without realizing there are drawbacks. And before I get into ones I listed, perhaps you guys can think of some at the top of your dome. So what would you think would be a drawback for a niche con? Well, sometimes, uh, like, attendance can be hard to get, depending on how it is and how it's established. It can be... If and you're what looking, it is, too. Yeah, cause... if you're looking to start up a niche con, sometimes it may be harder to get it off the ground. So if you're someone who's looking to organizing such a thing... That could be a, a much bigger challenge than just starting up an anime convention or a Comic Con, you know, which everybody knows what those things are. But one of the things that would definitely be helpful for that, if you're trying to get the word out, is just you know having a booth at cons saying, "Hey, this con's gonna happen." That's yep. what AAC does, and while AAC is known pretty well, I'd say that it, it's if you're starting up a con, it's difficult if you just like have a link or something online because nobody will hear about it yeah. unless you speak about it word, uh, you know on a podcast or something right. but like actually getting out content for it like out there like or just being out there in general seeing other cosplayers who might like it and I think that would make it a lot easier yeah than just like I also feel like if you want to do it like any successful niche con I feel like has to equivalently put more effort than your normal convention like anime and comic con convention because there's more attention to the fact that it can't just be copy paste of what other cons are doing you have to come up with your own identity uh, yeah. yeah and sometimes when it comes to certain events you have to make it tailored to whatever this thing is you know 
Um, and that can be just a lot more, you know, attention to detail and a lot more making stuff that doesn't exist where there's just not as much stuff to copy and paste, you know. Um, you're basically, depending on the niche you're going to, it could be new territory. You know, there could not be uh, equivalent of what you're making and you have to discover yourself what that looks like. You know? it, it does really uh, limit what you're able to bring to the con because with yeah. niche cons, it's, it's very specific, but with specific, it's also limited to a lot of things. So you have to figure out what the identity is of the con, basically, or what you want to have um, it be, basically. And then you have to uh, you have to find stuff to bring to the table or create new stuff to bring to the table that will help the con. I mean, even at RTX, um, where they have multiple shows to work with, you know, I still have to like, oh, I really like... I mean, no one says that you can't bring not Rooster Teeth-related cosplays to there, but you feel like it's frowned upon. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they're putting in the effort to make a convention just for RTX, uh, just for Rooster Teeth stuff, and then you want to go there and cosplay something that's not Rooster Teeth. It just seems kind of silly. So then, like, for me, I had to get an extra cosplay in there because I wanted to... Um, actually, Rooster Teeth cosplay specifically because I wanted to have a whole weekend filled with Rooster Teeth cosplays. So that can also be a downfall. I will say that with Rooster Teeth, it, even if it's not specifically, for, like it can be a a mashup of Rooster Teeth and something else. I feel like that works pretty well too. Um, and also, Rooster Teeth did start out with Red versus Blue, which is a, ha a yes, it's true. Halo. So you could get so, away with just about anything Halo. Yeah, if you do Halo and then maybe add, like sprinkle a little bit of uh, of Rooster Teeth related stuff mm. like Ruby or or whatever. Well, but, but like I said, even then, that that's a much more wider spectrum than like say. FanFest here, whereas like they have lots of shows, they have lots of different references, and they have lots of stuff to pull from. And now they actually have like multiple channels under or Rooster Teeth itself, so we also have those to pin off. So ultimately, not as bad as a lot of the other niche cons out there as far as what to prepare for. And honestly, I'm really impressed that um, they were able to have such a large con for. Again, we've talked about this before, but for one game. That yeah. limits them a lot. Uh, this they've only had the at least the NA Fan Fest uh, for three 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 times. Okay, three times. This is, the one I went to is the third time they did it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's so, been going on for six years then. Correct. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, and you you were right. Um, there were some people like the one the first one I, the first time I went to Fan Fest. There was someone cosplaying from a different Final Fantasy, and while it wasn't, I wouldn't say looked down upon. It was definitely jarring because mm. like yo, this this is for Final Fantasy fourteen. You're costuming Final Fantasy ten. That being said, uh, later that month they announced that her outfit is now a costume in fourteen. So I guess that point is not moot. <laughs> but the, the, the animosity was there. Well, it's yeah. it's I don't think it's as extreme as this, but it maybe be like. Cosplaying a Marvel character at a DC meet. Yeah, that's of. way more jarring. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, or wearing, like, say, a Star Trek uniform at, like, a... Uh, a Star Wars convention. Oh, I was going to say a um, Medieval Times type thing, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it could kind of work. They've done tra time travel <laughs> before. Right, we're sidetracking there. That's funny, though. Um, but, yeah, no, what you guys pointed upon is definitely a drawback, where, especially for people, for creators of the uh, Fan Fest, you're going to have to come up with your own identity. Mm. You, you can't... You can't steal the gazebo from Gaylord, <laughs> no. uh, as cool as that would be, hint, hint. Um, you can't just do that. Um, but I feel like FanFest, um, there's the amount of subscribers and player base and just love for this game, it was easier for them to do. As opposed to, say, a niche convention would be like a Star Trek convention or mm -hmm. a Star Wars convention. Yeah. At FanFest, do they have like an R. Sally slash dealer's room type deal? That's a thing. They don't. 
they they just have a giant merch line where you can okay. pre-order um, official Final Fantasy fourteen hmm. merch and get that there um, first. So and they have um, a booth which it, they showcase again fan submitted artwork that they made that we vote on and then they get prizes for. But you can't buy like what you consider artist alley right or which is interesting because yeah. that's a pretty. That, that that's actually a real challenge because that's a pretty standard um, thing for con goers to have is those outlets. I mean, the ones that have the least is like gaming cons, but even those have tons of companies. For instance, PAX East has tons of companies backing it and providing you with tons of goodies and stuff and gamer-related companies. So it's not quite your dealer's room aesthetic, but it is a lot closer than just having official stuff you know, official only. Even RTX had their own uh, dealer's room to deal with and people just doing... It was like a pretty standard Comic-Con slash uh, PAX-style uh, dealer's room um, for that, but... But it's like, mostly for Rooster Teeth-related merch, right? Yeah, mostly. So, yeah, they do have to keep it... It was basically... It was either Rooster Teeth-related or it was gaming-related. I, I think Rooster Teeth branched off into allowing a lot of... And RTX allowed a lot of, like, gaming-related companies take a part and because you know they are found in a lot of gaming stuff they've got achievement hunter which is just their gaming channel mm -hmm. i mean they were built off of halo so like also gaming so gaming is very intergrained with rooster teeth and i think they've given a pass in order to expand faster to anything video game related being relevant sure. at rtx but uh this one's like standing firm was like no, no no we're not gonna we're not gonna again we're not gonna copy paste other formulas of cons we're gonna yep. do our own all thing. we got is 14 merchandise and that's all you're gonna get and yeah. honestly um between andy and i we spent a lot of money on merchandise <laughs> so they got their money so i mean that, yeah. clearly it was money well spent oh yeah so yeah gilma is very you got your son yeah, so. yeah i got my son yeah um but Yep, but other things that uh, you guys didn't listen that I, I personally um, talked to Andy about and we thought of this, it kind of blew our minds too, is that um, when you go to these, um, you better be passionate AF about it. Mm. Like, you can't really go as a casual fan, not saying you can't, right? but just know that you will be surrounded by people who are as insane as I, Andrea and I am about this game, where we're going to say, oh... Um, I would say some obscure facts like, oh, who's your favorite primal? Is it Ifrit, Shiva, or Garuda? You have no idea what I just said. No. Neither would they, and they would feel alienated as opposed to everyone else would be like, oh, yeah, no, Shiva's best girl. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. But like when you go to these very niche conventions, know that you are surrounded by like some like pretty fanatical fans here. That's, yeah. that's actually a really good point. Do yeah. you feel like there's almost a small... I have to imagine there's some sort of elitism present the next point there is um, because of that more niche factoring elitism especially in the fan fest is I'm not gonna say at a high but it's very different because mm. um, when you this M1 MMO there are people who call themselves interior decorator mains where all they do is they buy a house and decorate it you can do that in the game <laughs> it's like a job <laughs> yeah there are people who um, literally all they do is um, get as pretty armor as possible and dress up their avatar, mm -hmm. which uh, is called glamour in this game, and I would argue that is the true endgame of fourteen. However, there are those, when they say endgame, they mean the giant bosses that take a lot of teamwork, coordination, and hours of work and practice to down. And those are the very much 1% of the community that plays, all these raiders, as I call them, mm -hmm. where they make these groups to down these bosses. 
And that group is super, super serious. It is for them very much their mm -hmm. job. And compared to that versus the interior decor remain or the fisher, where all he does is, is fish, there could be some clashing there. The people would say like, oh, you're not a true FanFest fan because mm. you, you don't raid, or you're not a true fan because you don't fish, you know? Now, are you a raider? I used to be, uh, and I do miss it, but yeah. I've become a lot more uh, a filthy casual, as they call us uh, <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Uh, I just don't have the time to play anymore. Um, but that fractioning, despite that niche thing, which I find interesting, even at a niche con, there is that fractioning of factions uh, amongst that one community. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. crazy. That's yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point because you know it is both. It's like the curse of having that uh, that close and specificness of what everyone's there for is that you're going to you're really weeding out the type of people that you have until you have one type of group. So normally when you go to like an anime convention, you have your own type of like circles within that. You've got the people who are like into like shonen animes. You've got the people who are maybe more casual fans and they, you know, they're totally fine with anime inspired art as well. You know, they're not purists and you've got people who are in it for like things like the, I forget the category, but like Love Live, um, just that, like those types of animes. Oh, like idols. Idols, yeah, yes. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. those people who are just into like that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. So, but because it's more vague, you know, those groups are allowed to breathe and they're not really butting heads. They're just off doing their own thing. Yeah. But when you got everybody that's like, this is all for everybody and everybody's included in this, all of a sudden those like circles of like different types of groups within this are a lot closer and, and like I think butting heads is only going to be natural, yeah. unfortunately. You're making an already small circle even smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that that is something I, I personally fortunately was not a part of. Hmm. Uh because um when I was there, everyone was very much a hey, you love this game, we love you. So but I have seen it Especially online, because you know, the internet's a terrible place. That's why we go there so much. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another uh, drawback to that. And um, the last one we kind of touched upon, and then one, another one's a personal one, but um, I'll talk about it towards the end. But the next big disadvantage is something that it is inherently part of being niche. So let me uh, lead this point on by asking you guys a question. What would it, what think would happen if I held a boy band convention. Specifically, 90s boy bands convention. Like, what would I think would be there? Yeah. Like, oh, I immediately think NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Exactly. I would definitely cosplay Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah. But, imagine if I said, alright, let's do that when it was the 90s. How much more popular do you think that would be? Hmm. You mean, like, have a con back in the 90s? Yeah. I had a, I had a Backstreet Boys NSYNC convention at the, high, the peak of their popularity held in Boston. I'd say, like, it'd be a little more difficult for you to get the word out, honestly. And also, it might be, I'd say it would be possibly more judged, I guess, just because cons weren't as much of a thing back then. Okay. Uh, maybe cons was the right word, but basically... Like my, a meetup? Or? My, my point of that was time. Time is ever flowing forward. Mm -hmm. Time is something you cannot stop mm -hmm. unless you're the doctor. This fan fest, as much as I'd hate to admit it, and this game isn't going to last forever. Right. Especially this, being an MMO, by nature, it isn't going to exist yeah. forever. As much as I'd like it to, it won't. So 10, 20, 15 years from now, 
I won't be going to this convention because it won't exist anymore because what? people will stop playing it. So, yeah, and most it's because it's an MMO. It's it's mostly it only works if people actually play the, play game, the game together online, basically, Correct. right? Yeah. Yeah. So mm. RTX will be forever. I feel like the anime bosses and Katsukons will be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like as long as there's anime, there will be these cons. Right. Mm-hmm. When Final Fantasy fourteen kicks the bucket and we move on to the next MMO, Fan Fest will no longer be a thing. Yeah. It is very interesting because, especially with it being a video game, because it's it's already it's already parted way from the series. Yeah. So you've already cut that facet off, and you're just working on MMO. Which, granted, MMOs do evolve more than your typical game, but it's still a game that is effectively finished, even if it's got extra content still coming its way. So that is very much a much harder deadline than say if you were to make a niche fandom, I'm sorry, a niche convention over a single show. Because even when that show ends, you're just like, well, there's like stuff that can come up. They could have prequels. They could have like spinoffs and all these things. Um, but even then, that would slowly, eventually die as like the fan. But th- like this, I feel like this is a much harder stop in a way, especially because by nature of video games, it's meant to be moved on from. I think shows have a much better replay value, if you will, in the long run. People are still watching Seinfeld today. Yeah. If you made a convention for Seinfeld, that would go on for who knows how long. Yeah. They definitely have more staying power than right. what I'm into, and I, I unfortunately am on a deadline, a timeline, I should say. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you like had a, a convention for a single game that was like 20 years ago, I mean, I don't know how popular that would be, even in your most popular games. Yeah. You know that. Uh, like just focusing on one game, not a franchise. So there's a like, oh, what like Call of Duty was like 20 years ago. That, like, well, that's still an ongoing series, and we're we're talking about a single game. Like, think of like making a convention just for like Call of Duty to Modern Warfare. Like, it would be, yeah, yeah, people would be like, yeah, that's okay, cool, but like that's just that that one game. You know, I'd be more interested in just the whole like that's got a like a relevancy that's only like good for so long it's a very like ticking time bomb type aesthetic and when you like especially with video games that are nature they don't last as long as like tv shows and movies right you know um so that's also that's a very very unique attribute of that con specifically and uh, when i thought that it really made me sad i was about to say it's like oh that's gotta be a really hard realization and uh did you any any other thoughts on that no i think you basically summed it up yeah um, oh, that which like leads to my next point. Is, um, <laughs> for Andy and I, the post-con depression for that was Ooh. the most depressed Ooh. post-con I've ever had. I still am going through it. Uh, the most recent Katsukon was more or less me treating it as the rebound con for FanFest. Because all it was Final Fantasy fourteen cosplays. I met with the 14, Final Fantasy fourteen friends that I met at FanFest to try to relive that experience. But it's not the same. Mm. Uh, but hey, you know, I still had fun regardless. Uh Shoutouts to the most recent Coscast. Um, okay, so let's uh, lead it, uh, talk about the next leading question here. Is and you guys kind of alluded to it, but like if you could make your own niche con, pick any one thing. Now that you've heard of what my niche con <laughs> is, what would it be, and what would it entail? Like, to reiterate, FanFest, I had the director of the game there, I had cosplayers there, I had the art director there, I had the fan creators there, and I had these set pieces. But if you could pick your own fandom or, or franchise and make a niche con of it, what would it be and what would it entail? Oh, this gets me really excited, to be honest, because now I'm just, like, dreaming up. And now I'm just trying to think, like, if I had to pick one, what would it be? Just one. Yeah, yeah. and to make it easier, let's say your budget's unlimited. Unlimited. Go for it. 
go for it. Um, yeah. I know for one thing, like one of my OG favorite fandoms is Doctor Who, but they've got already some pretty prolific Doctor Who based conventions. I think there's a big one in New Jersey, I believe is where. There's got to be a WhoCon. Yeah. Be. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's enormous. Um, and I think that you know, um, I'm trying to think like video games is really cool because video games you have a lot more interaction. So like you see the benefit of having a video game specific type convention and the just the already the layers that you could add to making that more fun. For instance, you were saying about how um, you had this thing where you like you could ask the creator to change something and they changed it. Yeah. If it was a TV series, you you can't do that. That's like that's forever cemented. Like everything that's happened is forever cemented. You know, you can't like, oh, I want to change these characters' names. Like, well, you can't because it's already happened. Well, so. continuity is sometimes changed with uh, TV I mean, shows true. and movies a lot of the time. I, I really should preface. Maybe maybe more hyperbolized, but like all he did was change the name of a fish. Yeah, I mean, still, I didn't change the still, main character. But you couldn't even do yet. that in a, unless if it wasn't didn't have a name. You still yeah. couldn't do that. Sure. In, like, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Is it any immediate thoughts for you? I, I'm trying to like rack my brains for one thing that I'd want to have as a as a niche con and. Uh, Maybe like Avatar: The Last Airbender. I'm not sure. I that would. Room. I would attend the ever living hell of that. Fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be eating like a bunch of uh, cabbages and stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> I would. I would cosplay as a cabbage. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's actually I'd a have really a cabbage good pick. Dodgeball fight. That's what I'd do. And that's also nice because they've also got. <laughs> I was gonna say they've got two series in a movie, but I was like, no, they don't have a movie. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. You've been invited to Lake Lao Guy. Congratulations. Oh, I don't think he gets it because he hasn't no, watched yeah. it. I haven't show. finished it. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was like, oh, yeah. Can I be better though? Yeah. No. Um, oh. So when you say Avatar: Last Ever, you mean like that specific series, like with the gang, or including Korra? I'd say include Korra. Or so just Avatar in general. The Avatar world. Non-blue basically. people. Not, no, no, not, 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 not blue, blue people. people. <laughs> They're in a different world. That's a different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, again, I well, I haven't said this, but uh, I haven't actually watched all of Korra. I started watching it, and it's it's a very different aesthetic from the original Last Airbender show. Absolutely. So, but like, introduce a whole cast of characters you can cosplay, a whole bunch of voice actors you can go that, that can attend your convention. Yeah. It would be a great way because some people who love coming up with their own original characters. If you were to come up with an original character in the world of Avatar and brought it to like say Anime NYC or Boston Comic Con, it wouldn't get that much attention. But if you brought it to an Avatar specific con, I think people would actually pick up on it. Especially like, if it's like a fan. That's artwork. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, would, I would say that it kind of falls under the category of sort of like uh Harry Potter and the Hogwarts houses, basically. It's like, okay, my fire, uh, air, um, earth, or, or water, basically. Mm, like, sure. which one am I? You could kind of make your own character, sort of, and then... Why settle? I'd take all my... I'd be the Avatar. Yeah. Why settle? You could do that. <laughs> you'd have it all. But no, that, that's... See, that's cool you picked that. Because, like, that is a huge fandom, I would say. People would go to it. But that... The making an Avatar con, that'd be super niche. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. I think... For me, I'm going to pick something that's a little less niche only because I feel like there hasn't actually been a proper convention style um, version of this. That I know of, at least. I could totally be wrong. But I feel like visioning-wise, if I had an unlimited budget, you would have so many like possibilities here. And that's Harry Potter. If you just had like the original, just like forget Fantastic Beasts, forget the other stuff, just the original one through seven books and movies content and made a con where... 
um, everything was specifically related to that. Because I think what's so cool about Harry Potter is that it is a movie that encourages more interactions with fans because, hey, get sorted into your own house. You know, like, like it's an almost encouraged to come up with your own character and, like, who would you be inside this universe? And I feel like that kind of environment would inspire a really cool convention. There has been festivals and stuff like that. Like, there's no similar. Way there's no way there's a right. Harry Potter convention or there's I'm not. Yeah, sure no. it's somewhere. There's festivals, but like okay. there isn't like a um and because here's the thing is that there's festivals like there's a big one in Pennsylvania, I believe there's a big one in like Maryland, but there's no official Harry Potter one and the problem is that these festivals are being slammed because they don't have the proper copyrights for the stuff I so see. at first they were allowed to do everything Harry Potter specific I see. but now they're having to make it more generic which is really disappointing because you don't want to be a generic wizard right. you want to be a I wizard in Harry be Potter a Gryffindor yeah exactly yeah. I didn't know it was a copyright issue that's crazy yeah that's, wow and so what you do have officially from uh, I think it's Warner Brothers. So is, are, you, are you talking about having a Harry Potter con that is specifically endorsed by... Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. So not a fan con. Not like, a fan As thing. in J.K. Rowling is there. Exactly. <laughs> if you had all the benefits of what you yeah. have with your creators yeah. as a Harry Potter con, and they did, they went all out. It was like a huge convention. And then, you know, this would be a great one to have dealers in art, a dealer's room and artist alleys in because there's so much creativeness within the artist in there uh, so I think that should actually be allowed and not like official merch only um, I mean we already see like Harry Potter merch like fan art and stuff is prolific so much um, and then also panels would be stupid easy because there's so much lore and people would want to like you can make very specific panels about like attributes like what if you could go to a panel of what it was like to like teach in the dark arts you know just like like you could like you could do like so many specific things you could learn about like specific facets of things that fascinated you about like Hogwarts and how it operates. Um, the amount of celebrities you could have there is endless. Um, and you could have some really fun activities because there's lots of um, game related and just activity related stuff that you could easily incorporate into events at like an actual Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, like the set pieces at FanFest were great too. There was legit a giant chocobo racing game you can play that was mm -hmm. in game uh how cool would it be if you would line up to get your sword into a hat by the actual sorting hat yeah you had the technology to do that it'd be so epic yeah so if there was like an actual and i want to preference an actual See, official harry potter and card, that's a blows mind that, that there isn't one yet yeah it's crazy it would make butts loads of money so much money wow that's, so that's wild yeah, yeah. so because i think what they're settling on is that they have their stuff in universal yeah you know which is similar and it's like a cool experience to go to but it's like, so you don't have J.K. Rowling showing up. You so don't have, yeah. like, you know, you can't go there and meet, like, the people who made Harry Potter or people who played it. Like, you can't you can't do that kind of stuff. You've got a very specific set of things you can do, and that never changes, and that's just there, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, I feel like people who go there, like, some people that go there because they love Harry Potter, and some people who go there for the novelty of it. You know, it's like, oh, I know Harry Potter. I should check this out. So you don't go into, like... Hogwarts at Universal and expect every single person there is going to be like a yeah. hardcore fan. Yeah. So you don't have that like bonding experience either, you yeah. know? So no, I, I'm all for a, a like officially endorsed JK Rowling endorsed HP Con. That'd be yeah. Cool. All the butterbeer. All the butterbeer. Oh my God. So, so good. Yeah. Again, like it's just, it's too easy because that world is so fleshed out that theme wise, it just be so easy to set everything up. You know, uh, it's Warner Bros. Right is on it. 
Yeah, well, okay. Hey, hey, Warner Brothers, we just gave you a free idea. <laughs> yeah. We won't trademark it. Yeah. No, just, just just take all the money. I just, want to go to this con. Yeah, just, yeah. just a couple free tickets. We will give you money yeah. so we can go to the con. Yeah. yeah uh, hey, Nickelodeon, uh, Avatar Con. Please. I mean that too. Yeah. Yeah. Make it so. Make it. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> make it so. Yeah. I would different go to that. fandom, yeah. but still. Yeah. yeah. So, I, we know all our friends would go to that. It's crazy. And then also yeah. it'd be interesting to see is like you know. I mean, sure, Harry Potter, extremely relevant right now, especially with Fantastic Beasts kind of prolonging that. But, I mean, I feel like, especially if you had this at 10 years' time from now, I feel like it's not going to be this ultra-popular thing that we know that it is currently. So I feel like it would start to come more back into your typical niche category thing. Because uh, right now it seems like, well, Harry Potter con, that sounds like making like a Star Wars con. Like, that's just like, Which that's not very niche at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but I would argue that I think Harry Potter is actually coming on its downswing. And especially because I'm talking about like the OG Harry Potter stuff, like excluding Fantastic Beasts. Not because I don't like Fantastic Beasts, but I'm very fascinated with the world that was built specifically within that first set of movies. Sure. Yeah, make so. it while it's hot. <laughs> Cool. It's true. Well, hey, uh, Will wants an HP con, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Yeah, I'm sure Alex, I'm not alone. Alex wants an Avatar con. I'm all for that. All right. Um, for, I mean, I guess I'd for me, to, huh? I mean, I'd go to both of those. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, if I had to make my own niche con, um, I, I'm with you. I'm a huge, you know, video game like freak. Um, I would, I would definitely like, as lame as it is, like I got it. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I got it. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, shouts to the Final Fantasy fourteen fan fest and its community. But you guys are like, you guys are great. And <laughs> um, I, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fanboy, and the going to that con was very much a dream come true for me. And, oh, that's uh, awesome! I, I they gave you a son. They gave me a son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, last leading question for you guys is, I want to go back to the big cons, the anime Boston's Katsu cons. Would you make them? more focused hmm. knowing of what you want from your own niche con and the examples i've given would you take what we have right now and make it more focused i don't think i would because i feel like that's not my place to do and also it would also negatively affect other people who like going to those cons fair um, point fair point like uh with the boston comic con it is a huge variety and people are going so that they can find uh multiple things of what they like basically like Harry Potter, Star Wars, Doctor Who uh, you name it basically and to take that away from from people it's like it's kind of like nerfing a con in a way Mm. in my opinion it's like taking away from a certain aspect of what a con is okay I uh, piggybacking off that good points made uh, I would also like to add that sometimes um Having like an anime um, wide con or a comic con wide con, I think is important for bringing new people into fandoms because there's sometimes where you would, for instance, I went to, ironically, it wasn't an anime con, I went to Comic Con and I was talking to a uh, artist um, who I was talking to him about how I liked um, Death Note and I really liked the deep themes, like deep, serious tones in that. And he suggests, like, you know what you would really like? I think you would really like Erased. Like, you should go watch Erased. And I've never heard of this before. And he was explaining it to me without spoiling anything. He's like, you know what? That does sound something like I, w- I would like. So I went home and I watched it. I was like, this is awesome. And I, like, and it was like, I was so grateful to, like, find this new, like, TV show that I love. 
And I only found that out because it was like, it wasn't like a specific thing. Heck, it wasn't even anime related. It was just a more vague thing. And it was someone like bringing me into like another fandom essentially. And I think if that's especially, and I mean, at the time I was new to anime. If you're new to anime, you don't know what type of stuff you want to watch. So sometimes you just kind of see all of it in its glory and then kind of see what you gravitate towards. Um, and I think that's really cool as well as, as a cosplayer, it's also cool to not be too restricted in what you um, should feel comfortable wearing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, like, even though Katsukon is, like, an anime con, people just wear literally whatever. Um, but when you go to, like, like an anime con, you know, like, you can do lots of things. And yeah. it's also really cool sometimes to see um, just a little bit of everything with an anime. And I mean, you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'd say that it, with limiting the, like, what a con has... It would also be limiting the cosplayers too, because cosplayers are very specific with a lot of stuff that they like, and they want to bring it to places that it'll get recognition, basically. Yeah, and there's some stuff that will just never have its own niche con, mm-hmm. you know. So you're you're never gonna have like opportunities to like love this, because sometimes, like I said, like when I was cosplaying Makoto, there isn't a K con. I had to go to an anime to find K fans. Well, there's a K con, but that's K pop. That's different. Oh, <laughs> very different. Yeah. Um, but basically, the only way I could find those, believe it or not, is by going to some place that just had everybody. Yeah. You know. So sometimes to find the niche people, sometimes you need to go to a place that collects everybody. Yeah. So yeah, like, until you get that HP con, you're gonna have to go see HP fans at the Anime Boston's or Comic Con. Yeah. No, I'm actually with you guys on this one. Um, I would not make it more focused because they these are the big cons I love because of their mixed bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I love anime cons, I'm actually going to cite PAX East as an example. PAX East has an entire section called the Indie Mega Booth. Mm. This would not exist unless for PAX East. Uh, PAX East, obviously, is the gaming convention where all the major, uh, you know, Rusia's going to be there, uh, Blizzard's going to be there, all the big companies will be there, but as well as the indie gay, uh, developers that will be there. And yep. honestly, I spend most of my time at the indie mega booth because I love indie games. So um, I, I'm with you. I'm with you guys there. Big cons don't need to be more focused. Yeah, I think uh, they complement each other really well. Yeah. Because sometimes you can, you know, go to like a comic con, you find out about like Final Fantasy 14, or you find out about like Rooster Teeth, and then you realize, hey, it's got its own convention. You know, and then you just like go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So it's like. It's all good when I think that, you know, they benefit from each other, you know, and I think that they offer different experiences. I think that if you really, really love, for instance, if you love like Final Fantasy 14 like you do and they have a con specifically for that, it is a dream experience and it's amazing how I had an amazing time at RTX, even if it wasn't just focused on the couple of shows that I'm obsessed with from them. Just being in there in that environment was something that was truly unique. Um, I think that um, even though those can provide ultimately the most wholesome, most memorable experiences, it shouldn't devalue the more general experiences of just stuff that you enjoy because those are still a lot of fun just for, you know, different reasons. Absolutely. Uh, Any closing remarks before I get into my conclusion statement here? No, no, I I don't have anything. Well, uh, (laughs) no, it's fine. Uh, Well, uh, we'll actually touch upon my conclusion statement, so... You know, the, you know the way I, I like to run panels. I very have much have to have a conclusion. So <laughs> this is sound super scientific, and I apologize. But <clears throat> so in conclusion, uh, also shout outs to Andrea for helping me develop this because it was so it was Aww. like it was so hard for me to 
put this into words, but... Andrea is who, by the way, for the people who don't know? Yeah, Andrea is the other half of the parental figures of Guillaume here. <laughs> uh, she's my significant other, and I love her very much. But I love Guillaume here a lot more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know she's listening if she helped you out. Yep. All right, so in, in conclusion, let's, let's move on. Uh, in conclusion... Uh, niche conventions aren't necessarily better or worse than their larger counterparts. Rather, they allow their attendees to have a more focused yet different experience. Mm. So that's my opinions on it. So uh, yeah. if that's all I got for this topic, guys. That's that's really good, man. I kinda, enjoy that a lot. <laughs> it kind of feels not as much with uh, 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 with a niche sort of... Uh, it's not really niche so much, but like... Uh, anime cons as opposed to regular big comic cons like there's anime fans at comic cons but then more specific anime yeah so yeah cool awesome I also now I'm just like now you've got me really riled up for like a Harry Potter con now that I'm oh, going same. That. <laughs> give me, give me that. too easy even an avatar con would be amazing too I mean yeah there's I, I think that I will say something to, uh, to leave uh, leave everybody with there should be more niche cons there's not enough of them um, and I understand that putting out an anime con and putting out a comic con is way easier to do financially, but I feel like um, I feel like it should be it should be a better like a more popular thing to have more niche cons. Absolutely. Um, so encourage more of those, especially go to them if they have them out there. Go to them because they're one great experiences, and two the people there work a lot hard to make them happen because they're not as easy pickings. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for talking with us on this. This was a great conversation, I find. Um, and a lot of fun to talk. So with, uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about it as well. And feel free to comment what type of you con- what type of niche con you would have, because we would love to hear that as well. And get excited about those. And until next time, stay Inconceivable! Inconceivable! This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Today tastes like a sunny day, like firing up the senses and cooling them down with an ice-cold Coke. It tastes like a flaming hot grill in backyard games. Today tastes like a Sunday ritual, and it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. If you're loading up for a blowout barbecue this weekend, don't forget to pick up Coca-Cola today.